0: Hey y'all, welcome to Geek Freaks, and today we are talking about Brightburn. Uh, This is one of our one-off movie reviews. Uh, Brightburn came out this weekend, and it's a movie, just a quick basic idea of what it is. Um, A movie about a kid who gets powers um, and becomes evil (laughs) and starts killing everybody. Uh, It is, I'm going to start off right away just saying, guys, this is a full-on Superman ripoff. Like, literally just superman bad guy kid like it's it's all just that it's nothing complicated about it or anything like that so um it's overall like a pretty good movie i would wait for it to stream i'd wait for a stream i don't think it's worth the blue or the um release the i'm sorry the theater release um but we'll go with a score right away so out of 100 i'll, I'll say it's probably a solid like Uh, probably probably about 72 let's go 72 you know this is our this is one of by the way this is one of our reviews where we're just going to go ahead and read through this story pretty much we're going to basically go from point to point instead of doing uh based off of directing and stuff like that like we've done in the past we're just trying something new right now due to some feedback we've had so let's see how it goes all right so bright again much like a superman ripoff uh starts with uh, baby crashing into earth and we see him kind of grow up through home movies. I like that idea. You know, it's a creative way to kind of show the kid grow up through the, like the the lens of those home videos. It's something that you could like find later on in the wreckage or something like that. So it's always cool to see it through another media within your movie. The main story it takes place twelve years as he's twelve years old. It's ten years later, so that means that when they found him, they were assuming he was two years old. That threw me off a little bit because at first I was like, "Wait a minute, so he's ten years old." Not that big of a deal, but, uh, you know, that's just something to think about. Um, the kid's name is Brandon, and uh, we'll just go for the cast and crew. We'll go, you know, mom and dad and stuff like his aunts and stuff like that. So it's, it's just easier to go that way, but Brandon will use his name. So Brandon and his family, they seem to be running kind of like a normal life. They live in like a rural area. The whole setting is kind of like a, a rural area where a lot of it takes place in a barn and everything like that. So it's, you got to kind of picture that. They go hunting often and stuff like that. So uh, quite a nice life. Some evil force one night while they're all sleeping, and you're seeing this like cozy house. He's sleeping, at one night and you kind of hear this like whisper voice kind of coming out. It's like an evil voice. Uh, the sound editing on it was pretty solid. It's it sounds kind of like a uh, like a uh, whisper, like a creaking voice sound. You've heard it in scary movies before. This movie is horror film. It's a superhero movie, but it's a horror movie. So keep that in mind. It gets gruesome. This is rated R, so it gets pretty rough. Uh, so yeah, we hear this voice and it kind of like gives Brandon kind of these like, uh, seizures and he's drawn to the barn. He ends up lifting the door and he, he's drawn out to the barn and there's a cellar in the barn where they had been storing. We find out they had been storing his correct ship and he doesn't know that he's an alien yet. So this is, this would be news to him, but he doesn't get it open. His mother played by Elizabeth Banks. Awesome. Awesome. Actress, uh, stops him in kind of like, Oh, you were uh, sleepwalking yada, yada, yada. They don't really understand his powers yet. They don't understand that he has powers yet. They just they do know that he, of course, is an alien. Uh, we see his powers start to form. The first time we really see this is while he's attempting to start a lawnmower, which we all know we wish we had Superman strength in those moments. Uh, he pulls it so hard that the lawnmower goes flying. And what was weird is as he's approaching it, this is kind of a it's it's a little bit of a twist. Is if, if Superman had these whispers, it would be different for him. So he throws the lawnmower, and he's surprised by that. He approaches the lawnmower, and then. Uh, so, okay, so he purchased the lawnmower. He goes to stick his hand, spoiler alert, by the way, for all this, uh, sticks his hand into the blades because he's hearing these whispers, these like weird sounds, and ends up destroying the blades. Okay, so he was asked to mow the lawn by his parents, by his dad. This is one of the many times where I feel like the movie was written a little lazily. It's written by uh James Gunn's brothers. I'll go over them uh, later on. But so what we have here is a boy who's supposed to be mowing the lawn, okay? He throws a lawnmower, so you're thinking, okay, oh man, his dad's going to be mad if he needs a new lawnmower. He goes and he puts his hands in there like, okay, so it's the whispers making him do that. I can see that, okay. And then we're, the next shot is them at a family dinner and with the aunt and uncle. Okay, so what we have to assume is, first of all, how is he going to explain that the lawnmower went super far away, that the blades are broken, he can't lie about it because the lawn's not mowed. What happened? Like, you guys left us hanging, so it's kind of just a weird thing of dropping the ball i didn't understand what's going on there it's really <laughs> very odd uh they were at this thing and we're starting to already see kind of brandon's attitude come out and it's it's kind of a driving force of the movie uh brandon uh is told something by his dad and his dad says no oh they're getting a gun that's what it was and um his dad's like no no guns and brandon starts to kind of be upset and stuff like that and so we see him backed out from this moment what we're seeing right here is brandon listens to his mother not his father uh and the Father is more skeptical of Brandon and more of a disciplin- disciplinarian. The mother, this is a theme that they drive home so much, it's sickening. The mother is okay with him doing things. So, as you can see from a horror film, that's not great. But yeah, so she's she's on board with that kind of stuff. Uh, next morning, we see Brandon. He's chewing a fork. This is another one of those moments that just doesn't make any sense to me. Brandon's chewing a fork, and he's actually like destroying the fork, just chewing it up. It's crazy. Uh, the mom distracts the dad with these like pile of magazines and stuff like that. He's been hiding, they're all gross, whatever. Uh, it's like body parts, not necessarily you know, nudie magazines, some of those, but whatever. Anyways, um, and then the dad doesn't mention the fork thing again. That was wait, what? (laughs) Like, if you didn't already know about this, more missing, you literally just saw him chewing on a fork. You saw the kids got weird magazines underneath his bed, and now all of a sudden, it's like, oh, next scene wait, my son was chewing a fork and literally destroying it. It's important that we hear about where that goes. Uh, then we get into, um, there's just been this gruel at class, right? And of course, Brandon's kind of like, oh, she cute and everything like that. He's into her and we, we all were that age, right? This takes place when he's 12 years old, you know, body's changing. So he's starting to, uh, notice women more and stuff like that. So he starts to like, kind of flirt with her he, he knows he has these abilities now he has his whispers in his head so he's kind of all it's all mixed together hormones plus demon whispers you know that's the worst we've all been through there right and so he goes to the girl's room this is kind of it's, it's the first horror film part of the movie really where this whole time has been a weird superhero movie now this is the horror part so the girl has this laptop or whatever it's playing music and she wakes up and hears him playing music she goes she shuts the laptop it's yes, us this old song. It's creepy. Nice sound design, by the way. Older songs that were normal, now when put into a movie or a video game, fall out. I'm Looking at You, uh, they become creepy. It's amazing effect. I love it. Especially when you hear the pops of the old record. It's great. So she shuts the laptop, goes back. Laptop's open, classic horror film stuff. It's still playing the music. Oh, no. I thought I shut that. She shuts it, puts weight on it. She looks at the window. She sees Brandon just flicker a little bit because Brandon now flies and she freaks out and tells the mom the mom looks out and so now we have brandon's love interest or he has a crush on her i wouldn't even call it love really it's a crush it's a boyhood crush uh is freaked out by him so keep that in mind now we have this, this scared poor girl in this involved in this we fast forward to another day we see brandon he's starting to sketch his uniform now this is a big part of the cost is his costume it's a part of the costume design production design of the film it's uh, i'm sure you guys have all seen this it's a tattered cloak it's a real like sweater thing he's sewn together with some holes in it uh it's got it's obvious uh sew job in the front so you can see the uh, laces really well and uh, a shirt is just a striped shirt kind of a I, i get that okay so so here's the thing i get that it's a kid that designed the the costume so it doesn't you don't want it to be fancy but i wish we had seen him make the costume and this is a key aspect of the movie I think if we had seen him like design this costume enough to ma- and then make it himself, that would have been a superhero movie. But the idea that he's just drawing it and we're seeing him draw it again and again, a heavy the nature of heavy pen marks, uh, that's an indication that it's it's a psychotic thing, or or whatever would be the right term. I don't understand what the right term would be. But it's less about him creating my superhero costume and more about I'm obsessing about the design. And he keeps drawing this, what well, ends up, we find out later on, is BB, but it's his backwards B. Uh, that's his sigil, or it would be like Superman's hope symbol if you're going with the Man of Steel rules. So I think it's a design choice that shows like this is a horror film, not a superhero movie. We see that a few times. The way they do things, like if it was a superhero movie, it would have been done this way. But it's a horror film, it's done this way. If they had kept that rule in place, I think this movie would have been a lot better, but instead they kind of go fast and loose with it to where there's some moments like with the audio and stuff like that, like, ah, that's a bit more of a, like the soundtrack, it's a bit more of a superhero soundtrack than it is a horror film. So anyway, let's move on. Uh, this whole time as these things are developing, we're seeing that his dad is growing suspicious of Brandon while the mom is in complete denial. And you'll hear the term his mom is in denial repeatedly because she does not understand the situation at all and it continues to push it off. Uh, the first real gross moment, it kind of had me cringe, was when the girl who now is afraid of him, they're all playing at PE or whatever, with physical education. Uh, he falls down. She mocks him. He's upset, which we find out that rage, I think, kind of increases his abilities or at least activates them. Uh, she goes to to pick him up because the teacher's telling him to and he crushes her hand and the visual of it and the sound of it, oh man, it made me cringe. It was awful. Ugh, it just, yeah that that one affected me that was a tough one <laughs> and then we see you know of course they go to the principal's office the mother's still denying it it's a whole you know it's the whole thing' like oh my kid didn't do right no your kid didn't do wrong yada 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 uh we see later on the uh, whispers are continue to haunt brandon he's in, eventually gonna go down to the cellar so he's we see he can break the chains he's he's increasing in strength uh and we while he's there they do a really nice job of like there's like this red flashing light and he's starting to go kind of like uh, it looks like a, almost like a seizure where he's kind of like losing it, but he's hovering at the same time. And the camera went real close to his face, which he's seeing his, spa- his spaceship there. Um, the closest to the face, it kind of creates like this chaotic moment where we can't really see what's around us, but we're seeing him freak out. So it's a good shot. It's well directed in that moment. Or there's a few times like that where you see the shots are really well done in creating an emotion for us, uh, much like the soundtrack has been doing. So we have this point where now Brandon's mom has to explain it. He kind of freaks out like, hey, you're an alien. You're not a kid. Uh, and we, we get to see more of that rage amplifying his abilities. We learn that he has laser vision now. Remember, guys, full Superman ripoff. They're not trying to hide that at all. Uh, he visits the girl again. And he's he's just more obsessed about her. And it's and he's telling her, like, oh, it'll be okay. I'm make, going to make everything okay. So he goes to the girl's mom's work. She is a waitress and at a diner and we've seen this in a trailer before this is something we've already seen and we released it matter of fact we had tweeted it and he makes his first kill it is very visceral there's glass in the eyes we see he has super speed in this moment he continues to trace his bb sigil throughout the windows uh it's a pretty rough kill it's it's horror film but with superpowers uh, again, we go back and forth. Now, here's the, here's the first moment where you kind of really realize that their soundtrack is a superhero soundtrack because it's just a normal melancholy soundtrack or not melancholy, but a downshifted sound uh, sound in the background, a score. Uh, instead of being like nowadays in modern modern films or more modern horror films, we have that single tone that'll come out and it's like telling your body like horror time, time to be scared. And I didn't hear that and it didn't penetrate. So I, I think they kind of could have, you know, I give them props for not going what's normal because, yeah, normally you'd have that horror sound and we all recognize that horror sound now, so we know. It's kind of like cliche at this point. But then it's like, it's not so much horror as it is just a thriller. That's what's happening. So when I'm watching this, because the score's not telling me it's horror moments, it's coming off as thriller moments where I'm not really like, oh, don't do it. It's none of that. None of that's happening, honestly, for most of this movie. It's a lot of like, oh, man, that's rough. So think of it as like, final fantasy not final fantasy final destination and less of like it or something like that that really kind of creeps you out that's scary so just keep that in mind uh he uh so we have he says we see his first kill we see his superhero uh, his super speed and stuff like that and then uh he has his first kill we notice the next day that he's in a better mood so he's definitely releasing that kill that that like released uh uh some pent-up rage in him so he's feeling good about things uh it's, it's been a pretty rough day you know uh he's, he's relieved by the kills so anyways um the movie starts to kind of go a little bit slow as we see him kind of develop into like villain Brandon it, it's one thing about this movie is when it wants to go fast it goes fast well and I'm happy with the pacing but then the then things slow down so much that it's kind of like oh man this is a droll, and even the fast moments again they're not they're not really exciting as much as I'd want them to be so it felt like a bit of a slow movie the overall, it's overall for pacing, direct, director-wise, you know, when they can when they format this, uh, it goes, it goes kind of a slow crawl into his madness, and then when you realize, like, man, okay, you're looking at the watch in the theaters, you're like, man, we've only got a couple more minutes of this movie. Oh, oh, everything's ramped up, everything's fast. At the end, they they burst everything out real fast. So I kind of feel like they could have cleaned up the pacing a little bit. I would have liked a little bit more of Brandon's development could have been sped up quite a bit because he goes evil fast it's his abilities ramping up that kind of takes a while and the rest of the characters accepting it well one in particular his mother so I feel like it was a little bit slow and it could have been could have been sped up quite a bit um we also learned that in this moment uh or after the next day that he doesn't have any remorse for uh, hurting the little girl so we see that he's starting to lose his humanity uh something that was pretty obvious his counselor is also his aunt which is kind of weird that they did that choice but okay whatever his counselor and his aunt. I know it's because of the uncle scenes later on, um, he's upsetting him and she has to report him to the sheriff because that's her job as a counselor. So that's his next target. He wants to take out his aunt. He visits her at the house. Um, and you can see that he's now targeting anybody that's inhibiting his ability to be untethered. He wants to be fully, you know, out of control, which, okay. And you can tell that killing is releasing, stress or it's it's releasing rage from him. So he then knows to kill because it's the endorphins. There it is. It's releasing the endorphins for him. So the aunt trying to stop him by telling the sheriff is not gonna happen. He talks to her and he says that just can't happen. And then he's hiding in the basement. So he's his ability to get in as Brandon uh lets him kind of like get into the basement. The uncle finds him and says you're nuts. You're going home. So he puts him in the truck to like tell him home there's our second kill, he kills the uncle, and and I really like the actor of the uncle, he plays the uh, stepdad in in the show Moms, good show, Uh, he kills him by dropping his truck from high up, his head hits the dashboard, or the uh, steering wheel, and splits the jaw off, guys, it's freaking gross, and I probably should have warned you about that before I said that sentence, but it is disgusting, and I really enjoyed it, I'm not gonna lie, I was like, oh man, that's classic Final Destination gore, like, that was rough, um and it was effective there the creepiest part this part was really done well was brandon was watching his uncle die die out at the end while everything's destroyed on the bottom uh of the floor and he's approaching him and then he like gets the blood from his uncle and he makes his sigil on the side while the uncle's like dying out and he's trying to cover his mouth but he's having a hard time it was it was pretty gross i'm not gonna lie i think they might have had him covering his own jaw it makes sense because it is in pain but remember his jaw is disconnected and just like sliding off. Everything's torn open. It was, Ooh man, thinking about it's kind of getting me turned stomach a little bit, but I think they had him cover his mouth a lot to to save on CGI because it was fully covered to where you could see like no damage. Then as soon as he, you see the damage fully covered, no damage. Then at the end when he actually like, fully dies his hand falls and you see it again so it was like they had a big portion where Brandon's walking up where they're trying to like save on the budget it's okay I understand what they're doing it's it's a low budget film all right it's not really that low but anyways that's what that was okay when we get home we see uh he plays the victim card and they really they don't believe him they both know that something's up but again we're seeing the mom kind of deny everything Thinks that, you know, oh, we could fix this and stuff like that. And well, while the dad's like, no, he's a problem. He's our problem. We're the ones that accepted the alien into the house. We need to fig- figure this out. Uh, when they approach Brandon about his uncle dying, he has no reaction. And I don't know if this is, this has to be in the writing. But the actor really could have played it better. The little kid actor that plays this, I have him written down. I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, I think he could have portrayed some emotion there. Like he's trying to pretend. I would like to see an actor that can pretend that he's sad, but it's kind of like overdoing it to the point it's clearly acting. That would show an intent to to, to hide his misdeeds. And instead de- and later on we see he does that. And this is something that's not covered up by his later on re- ac- uh, actions. So it's kind of really weird. But he's just like, "Oh, do you I seem like you guys want me to be sad?" Like he doesn't doesn't even vain, uh feign emotions, which I think he should have. The dad's very suspicious, the mom totally denies it. That's a reason repeat. Uh And then we see his first attack on his dad while his dad's upset. And he's like, no, you killed my friend, blah, blah, blah. He shoves his dad into the, like the China hutch behind him, destroying the China hutch and really wrecking the dad, really checking the dad, you know, uh, the dad's personality then changes when he approaches. He's looking for like evidence of his misdeeds, the son's misdeeds. And you see the dad's change into this like passive fear, which was some really top notch acting by him. Uh, I'll get into his name later on, but he's the, uh, other guy in the office when Jim's trying to pursue Sam, he's the other guy. Poor man, great job acting. Will forever be remembered from the office, and he's a jerk in the office. <laughs> so he's the guy that mistreats Pam in the in the first couple seasons. Oh man, I gotta rewatch the Office. That's a good show. Okay, it, it, the movie slows down again. Pacing, you know, I, I'm going off of my notes here. So after that moment, we know it starts to slow down again. And it's just kind of like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Evil things, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. We see the sheriff. He's kind of investigating this whole situation and trying to figure out what's going on. But he's making these leaps that don't make sense in the movie. There's a lot of times this kind of happens where he sees, okay, so uh, this sigil looks like a BB. And uh, the guy, the the woman that died at the diner is the mom of a girl, of this kid, likes, you know, blah, 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 for Brandon Breyer, which is Brandon's last name is Breyer. Uh, Brandon Barge BB, oh, could Brandon have killed this woman? Look at the death of that woman. You'd have to assume Brandon has superhero abilities to assume that he could have done it. She was destroyed. That whole building was destroyed. The bees were written throughout the windows from higher than a kid could reach. So you're you're assuming that he has superpowers if you're going from there. Then, oh, the uncle died and the way he died, how was a little kid going to kill his uncle that way if he didn't have superpowers? So all the detective, detect- detective leaps that this guy is the sheriff is making is with the assumption that brandon is a superhero when nobody knows that except for brandon and his parents are starting to realize it it's just it's sloppy writing a lot of this movie is sloppy writing uh meanwhile we're we're sorry uh meanwhile we hit we go to brandon and his father they're out camping and the father decides this is this is my time he's going to try to shoot brandon he shoots brandon in the back of the head and oof Brandon's bulletproof, guys. He is legit Superman ripoff. (laughs) He has all the abilities. So yeah, Uh, he's bulletproof. And this was the one solid, really solid acting moment I noticed from, from the kid playing Brandon is the emotions on his face while the dad's trying to reload was quite like confusion over why did my dad do that? And then realizing like, He's he's processing the entire emotion, and we see that in his face. Finally, of course, the you know classic horror film. Dad's reloading, looks up, kid's gone. I mean, that's just classic horror film. There's nothing really new there. Uh, and then the the dad's out there looking for Brandon as after he had reloaded and can't find him, and he's kind of oh where are you at Brandon? Remember they're hunting, so they have like their hunting clothes on. Where you at Brandon? Finally, Brandon shows up. I, I say finally, but it really wasn't that long. Wearing his full costume felt so stupid to me. Okay, because. Did he go back to the house and get the costume? No. The mom was in his room discovering all his evil drawings of his costume. So the mom would have seen the son come in. Yes, he's super fast. Yes, he probably could have done Invisible, but I would have liked to at least see that happen. Like you like that, you know. So the son comes back with his costume and it's just like, what, did you bring it with you camping? I didn't see you have any bags. I just saw you, you know, in the truck with their dad. It just doesn't make sense that he would go back for the costumes. I think it would have been a better scene if that's because the son, of course, kills the dad. Uh, I think it would have been a better scene if he, we saw him kind of like do it while he's in little boy, like, like, like a son killing a dad, not putting the mask on, hiding the son's persona to the persona of this villain. And, and then he kills his dad because we take away that moment of like betrayal to the father. It's not He knows it's his son, don't get me wrong. But it being the son killing the dad face to face is so much more important than the son wearing a mask, then projecting the deeds onto the mask, not onto himself. Killing the dad, it takes away a layer. It doesn't need, you know, you, you, should, you should have it direct to direct. So he kills the dad in one of my favorite ways Superman has killed people in the past. Lasering into his face all the way to the back of his head. It has been a gruesome way Superman has actually killed people in the past. I believe he killed Doomsday one way this way, but he has killed Shazam this way in the Injustice universe. Guys, if you have not read or played, there is actually the Injustice video game, uh, Gods Amongst Us, but there is the Injustice, uh, Injustice universe, Gods Amongst Us, that uh, is the comic book series, and he does it in both. And in that, Shazam's questioning uh, Superman's uh, idea to take over the world, basically, uh, to destroy metropolis and gotham i know that sounds crazy you gotta you gotta read the comics um so shazam question. so he goes up to shazam and he just burns right through shazam's face and in the video game form i want to say it just shows like blood coming out of the back of shazam's head and in the comic book though, so you just see like the burst of laser behind shazam after it burns through him enough and it's like oh so gruesome so it's it's like so personal for superman to do it so it's, it's a really good scene you guys got to check that out but anyway so brandon does that And then he's coming home, and this is one of those moments again that doesn't make sense. He's coming home and he's furious. He's like, calls his mom on his dad's phone, like, I'm home. And it's like this real evil moment. But you gotta think, like, what has driven you to this? This makes no sense. Your dad was restricting you, your dad was a problem. You've taken care of that problem. You should be going home, and like, if you're thinking, character uh, uh, development wise you should be going home like mom we could be together now or mom i can protect you now something like that it should be that moment not like oh i'm gonna go home and torture mom why the mom has been enabling this entire film throughout your entire development the mom has been enabling you there's no reason to think that she would be a problem at all so you know you could have had so much better you could have so much better character development if like this entire time he's trying to make her proud, or if he's trying to protect her, something like that, to to that degree, not so much of, I'm just an evil person who's going to kill everything, no, have the mom relationship be the evil part, you know, so he goes in, and he starts destroying the house, and terrifying his mom, doesn't make any sense, but that's what's happening, and uh, the sheriff comes, because the mom finally, finally calls somebody, she's, now that the son's actually, Destroying the house around her, terrifying her. She's like, "Ah, uh, yeah, he is a problem. Maybe go ahead and call the cops." Oh my god, Elizabeth Banks is amazing. Character not. And so she calls the cops. The sheriff comes to the door. One of the coolest kills. Brandon just flies fast enough to obliterate him. You see, like him hit him on the side and then just scatter his blood like along the lawn. Which makes so much sense. It's kind of a little hint to how things would be, because in the comics, we we'll always see Superman save somebody midair or, or Spider-Man swing in and save somebody midair. That impact would kill the person. You catching somebody ten feet from hitting the floor off of out of they jumped out of the uh, skyscraper doesn't mean that it's not like them hitting ten feet some uh, pavement. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't make any sense. I'm stuttering my words here because it's so crazy that comic books still continue to do this when when Superman flies in to catch somebody who jumps out of a ten-story building it should wreck them, they should still be dead, if you catch them five feet from the floor, does it mean that, oh, that erased all the impact, no, it just means the impact has five feet less of it, that's it, and then you're still dead, you know, <laughs> so anyways, and the force that they fly, they fly so fast, so it's one of the best kills, is when he kills a sheriff, it's, it's pretty crazy, uh, alright, so we see, then we see Elizabeth Banks, she's running away, another moment doesn't quite make sense, because I would have rather seen Elizabeth Banks try to like, persuade her son you know, but she's a little, she's running away in fear of her son, and we see the son who's trying to hunt hunt her down. She runs out to the to the uh, spaceship that's in the barn. We see the son burst through the house. It was a really good scene where she's running in the sun. You can see him like burst out of the house and the loop in to get her. Really well shot, nice work. And she's running into the barn. She gets into the space. She gets to the spaceship, and we see her grab something that can like stab him because she's realizing that she can cut him. I think it's part of the spaceship's effects. Really. And she's then approaching her son. And this is the correct way this relationship should go. She's telling him and he stands there, right? He's, he's, he's walking slowly towards standing there eventually. Uh, and she's walking closer to him, trying to approach him saying like, I still love you. I know there's still a good boy in you, yada, yada, yada. I will always love you What I got you that day, yada, yada. So that reaction is how, what we should have seen earlier on the idea that she's still trying to empower him. Like, I know you're a good boy. Like the delusion shouldn't just be on Brandon. It should also be on Elizabeth Bank, Banks. And we don't see that. Instead, we see her kind of flip a script and just not believe anybody, then freak out. And now we see this little moment where it's like, this is what's supposed to happen. And as she's getting closer, we see her try to stab her son. That moment could mean so more, much more if it's a moment where she's finally realizing that she cannot save him. She has to stab him. Instead, we see that that little acting bit, the only part that made sense, was just a ruse to get close to him to stab him. which. Yeah, I get it, but it could have been so much more impactful if in the entire film, like you already had her portray so much denial. Okay, lead into that. If that's what you want to do, it, it's silly the way you guys went into this full denial mode and then all of a sudden like, oh, it's it's back and forth. Anyways, it's a, I just really think the characters are written pretty awfully in this movie, but okay, it doesn't work. He's fine <laughs> after all that. They fly through the roof of the barn and it's one moment where I'm like, okay, well then she needs to be dead because you guys just smashed the roof of the barn with her head. And But props to them, when you see them flying off, you see her head is like all bloody and bludgeoned. So she did take the full impact of that roof and it was a pretty emotional death for her. So uh, Brandon flies all the way up into the sky and they're kind of like, you know, looking into each other's eyes and he just lets her go. It's a classic shooting tech uh, technique where... Uh, We see her falling and it's from Brandon's point of view and she's flailing her arms. That's been done since, I mean, what, like the forties or fifties when somebody's falling out of a building. It's what's happening is, is they're actually like laying in a chair, like tilted back flailing and the the camera's on a rig that's panning up real fast. So it looks like they're falling, but actually the camera's pulling away from them. And then we see the adverse of it where Brandon's up there and she's falling back. It's, you know, it it really was shot well. Uh, It's classic, classic moves that make sense. Uh, and then we see a plane is coming in and Brandon smashes the plane and then the wreckage of the plane hides the idea like oh the plane blew up and all this chaos that happened is just that and Brandon is fine he's the sole survivor of this situation so poor Brandon we even see him eat a cookie we could imagine like the paramedics are just trying to keep his hopes up because he's a good little boy that survived a terrible situation not the mass murderer that he is so in doing this, one thing that's kind of nice that wraps things up is it hides his identity still, so he's no longer the serial, the murderer. I mean, unless they link his uncle's death or something like that to him, or his uh, the waitress's death to him, which they could do if they put any work in. The small time sheriff got it, but anyways. Uh, so everything's wrapped up, and he has a secret identity. Then in the credits, it's not a lot going on in the credits, guys. But in the credits, we see like YouTubers and stuff like that kind of like share their posts. Uh, we see that Brandon goes around and, and continues to destroy the world. And he's just kind of like wrecking one building at a time and killing as many people as he can. Uh, we do have a hints that there might be an Aquaman out there. They talk about witches and, um, it's done by, I can't remember his name. He plays Merle on walking dead and he plays, um, boy, I know the guardians of the galaxy, the guy that's the pseudo dad in guardians of the galaxy. But, uh, yeah, little, little cool, little ending that shows that Brandon's out there. I think we could see like a little MCU, a little DCEU out of this. It's not related to any of those major properties but we could see an extended universe this does have james gunn as director not director uh producer the writers are uh, brian gunn and mark gunn those are his brothers uh they also worked on journey 2 and yeah that's about it that's the sequel to the brandon fraser movie this one was starring the uh, the the rock that's who made this that's who wrote this script makes sense (laughs) makes sense when you see all the plot holes all the character development that that it made no freaking sense it was it was it was a pain to, to watch this movie honestly uh the director was david uh yorvesky he's never really done anything major this is kind of his first like big film to to go ahead and direct actors were elizabeth bank she did a great job just bad character uh david uh denim was the dad he's the the gym <laughs> rival from the office i uh, did a good job you saw his his distrust in his son throughout the whole film uh jackson a dunn was the the actor of the small boy of brian or i'm sorry brandon um he's been a shameless he was in when scott lang's changing ages in endgame he's like the 12 year old version of scott lang so he's probably someone there not a great job uh, i think he could have been a little bit creepier you know what i'm saying especially with the girl the moments where he's trying to uh, Mac on that girl and stuff like that just a creepier persona and to if you were to pretend to be an okay kid that's the creepiest part. Like, do that part. Not just be like, oh, my emotions decided to shut off over here. That doesn't make any sense. So, I understand it's the whispers and a lot of people are going to complain like, oh, but it's the voices in his head. Yeah, but you could do more. Plot was a mess. I think the plot was terrible, really. It's just so many holes, so many leaps that don't make sense. So many things, so many warning signs they could have told the parents. It's silly. Like, this doesn't make any sense. None of this does. I would have liked... the movie still feels pretty short although slow it still feels somewhat short i think it's a 90 minute -er. and they could have really flushed out these characters and this development like the situation happening but no of course you know they got to just speed through it and get to the parts where he's killing people fast sound design was solid though i really did like the sound design this evil whispers worked out really well the levels were really good uh which is hard to do in this film because it goes from quiet peaceful moment to ooh, explosions fast and it doesn't really have any kind of preamble between the two. So it's hard to keep those levels solid and they did a really nice job with that. Uh production-wise, I think everything looked okay. It's the only real like hard production-wise, costume design-wise, I'm sorry, is Brandon's costume and I think it was mediocre at best. It wasn't fantastic. So overall, guys, it's an okay movie. Is it worth the stream? Maybe. I wouldn't even say it's really worth the stream. If they make sequels to it, I'd watch this one. Here's the deal. Yeah, if they're going to make that, because they do hint at Aquaman being out there, like the evil version of Aquaman or something like that. If they, maybe they could do Aqualad since so it's the right age. Anyways, if they do hint to that, then okay. She'll go ahead and watch this one. Like, if you're going to see sequels come out of this movie, then I'd watch the first one. Otherwise, don't waste your time, guys. It's not a good horror film. It doesn't scare me. None of these things scared me. Uh, it's not a good superhero movie because they are trying to make it a horror film. It's just okay. So I'm rolling with the 72. That's a C minus. I think that's good enough. I, you know, I think they made sure to use James Gunn's name because they make sure, he, oh, James, produced by James Gunn. I can tell you right now, James Gunn did not do, did not care about this movie as much as he does about his other projects. We've seen him do amazing work on Guardians of the Galaxy. I think he's gonna do great with the new Suicide Squad, and he's back with Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I'm excited for those projects. Those are James Gunn. These are a mess. So yeah, I would just skip this movie altogether. If they're gonna make a sequel, catch it. But otherwise, skip this movie. All right, guys, that's it for us. Uh, next up will be the John Wick review. That one's long. Actually, it's probably about as long as this one. <laughs> we're gonna we're trying to we're trying out different ways of reviewing. We used to do the score mode. Um, they made for a little bit shorter films, but we've gotten some pretty positive reviews from our Game of Thrones episodes, from other podcasts and listeners, and and people we know in real life that listen to our show. They, they seem to really like those. So. The idea of actually going through the story and our reaction as we go, that kind of thing. Let us know what you guys think. We appreciate the feedback. We always love to hear from our fans. Any little bit of feedback is always fantastic. We we really we just do this for you guys, so it's amazing. Uh, hit us up with those uh, reviews on iTunes. It helps us out a lot. Give us the uh, old five stars. Quink, quink, that'd be fantastic. Uh, and that's about it, guys. All right, guys, we'll see you all next week. Bye.